Hello, everybody. Welcome back for round two today of the NBA front office show. Not planned, but you know what? When news breaks in the NBA, sometimes you got to throw in an emergency episode. And we've got some news, both on the Indiana Pacers on the trade front and Damian Lillard just broke right as we started to record this show. Keith, got to love the NBA. Tis the season. I think this officially kicks off trade season, by the way. Yeah, I mean technically we're a week out a week in december 15th but but yeah but yeah rumors are now here here they come where we're getting full on there what it is is these teams know they they are well aware of all the trade restriction dates and all those things so what it is is it's hey let's start talking now so maybe uh when we get past those restriction dates we can get moving but yeah the pacers that one uh Sham Sharani of The Athletic um, uh, came out along with, uh, I want to say it was Bob Kravitz, Mm -hmm. um, was the other one, uh, co-authored an article that says the Pacers are finally ready to start a rebuild, uh, which is something we we have said on this show uh, for a little while now, um, and even longer than a little while, I have been saying split up Turner and Sabonis, Mm -hmm. it doesn't work, it's time to move on from that pairing, and uh, it sounds like that's finally where the Pacers are ready to go themselves. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing where the, the Pacers have been hoping to at least stay relevant in Pawnee, right? I mean, you've got the Colts are going to get all the all the publicity. They're going to get the fanfare and all, and all that. And look, Jonathan Taylor's amazing. So of course, right, that's going to happen. But the, so the Pacers are kind of fighting to get viewership and, and get eyeballs and get people in the in the stands. So the thought was, okay, we can't really do a true, true rebuild because then we're really going to be uh, in trouble here. We're really going to be sinking in terms of our, our, our fan base. But Right now, as Shams mentioned in the article, they're already sitting at basically last in the NBA, 29th in the NBA in terms of attendance. And so with that being the case, why not go ahead and rebuild? Because you can't fall much farther than last anyway. Um, And it's just time for this team to refresh. It's gotten stale and it's time to do something here. And so that's apparently apparently the path we're going to head down. The report suggests that one of Domitas Sabonis and Miles Turner will be traded. So just one of those guys. Now, I'm assuming if there was the right deal came along, maybe they would move them both. But it looks like the goal is to trade one of them. And then you've got some other pieces that could move there as well. Karis LeVert. I also mentioned TJ Warren would like to stay with the Pacers, but who knows what happens there. But there's going to be teams calling. These are good players that are now going to be on the market with the Pacers making it known that, okay, we're ready to really do this and rebuild. Yeah, and I think if you're Indiana, if you play your cards right here, you can do this as a reset yeah. versus a full rebuild. You're you're probably gonna be bad this year anyway. Uh, they're not so far out of it. They're they're not Orlando, Detroit, bad. But the problem is, to guess is there. So you got to start looking and say, what's the goal? Is the goal to get in the play-in tournament only because they're not going to get to top six that's not going to happen and then do you feel like you can win in the play-in even if you win the play-in but what do you you're not beating brooklyn or milwaukee uh, or even maybe chicago at the top of the east so so i think what you're looking at here is yeah let's go we know so let's start breaking down some numbers right yes because that's what this starts to to matter about so malcolm brogdon 
Uh, and I'm just kind of going in alphabetical order here, not in any real order. We could take him off the table completely. He is not eligible to be traded uh, before the trade deadline this season. That's because he signed that that extension, which added a couple years onto his contract. So that takes him off the table to be traded this season. That that trade restriction lifts after the trade deadline. Yeah. So you're, you'd be looking at the draft uh, at the earliest. So let's just take that off because. It's not going to be a draft or two yeah. in that's it's too far away. Yes. So uh, so then we we look down to our Tory Craig. He's on a two year nine million dollar deal uh, or two year ten million dollar deal with the Pacers. Very easily movable deal about four point nine million this year. Five point one next year. Uh, Chris Duarte not going to be traded. He's a guy that the article says clearly they plan to uh, have involved. They're trying to create a uh, room for a bigger role for him. Justin Holiday, six million this year, six point three million next year. That's a guy you could get something decent for mm-hmm. in a trade. Um, Isaiah Jackson, the other first round pick, they want to free up minutes to to play him. Uh, thus, that's why either Sabonis or Turner needs to go. Jackson's a four or five type. Jeremy Lamb, we know, is very very available. Uh, there were rumors about him going to the Lakers yep. uh, months ago. Uh, he's at a ten point five million dollar expiring. But health deal. has been an issue there. Yeah, I'm going to skip Karis LeVert, and, and I'm doing it this reason, this way for a reason. Then you get into TJ Warren, $12.7 million uh, expiring deal, but very clearly they want him, he wants mm-hmm. to be there, and that's probably important. Plus, it's a little hard to gauge exactly what his trade value is, considering he hasn't played in a year and a half now. Uh, we, the last time we saw him play meaningful basketball was in the bubble, where he was very, very good, but... That was it. We we haven't seen him do anything since then. So that's why you're kind of left to Karis LeVert, Demonis Sabonis, and Miles Turner. Right. Um, you know, with that, as you said, Sabonis or Turner makes sense. Keep the other one, kind of mm-hmm. uh keep keep them as part of your your next core. Both keep young. Warren. What's that? Both young. So you it's not like yeah, both, like, yeah. like Justin Holiday. If you're gonna do more of a rebuild, like Justin Holiday is yeah. 32. Exactly. Okay, you're probably gonna move move him, but 25 for both Turner and Sabonis. So there's no like incentive to move them yeah. right now if the right deal isn't there or to move both of them. It's not like they're aging players where you're, you know, exactly. three years down the road when you're ready to win again or whatever it is, they'll still be in their prime. And you've got Sabonis for this year plus two more years. You've mm-hmm. got Turner for the rest of this year plus another year uh, there. So, yeah. So, and then Lavert. They've got him at 17.5 million and then 18.8 million next year. I think the reality with that is they didn't give him that contract. They didn't draft him. Yes, they got him for kind of nothing in that trade mm-hmm. um, with, with the, the James Harden deal as they kind of jumped in there as a help facilitate it. <laughs> but some value. His, his fit has been weird. <laughs> Right. His fit has been mm-hmm. odd because he's a ball dominant guy. He doesn't really shoot it all that well. He's kind of an efficient volume scorer uh, or inefficient volume scorer is what I should say. Uh, so that's why I think you're seeing our let's move on. But what that would leave you with is one of Sabonis or Turner, Duarte, Malcolm Brogdon, maybe TJ Warren, and then whatever you got in trade. That's actually not too bad. No. Probably some increased salary flexibility as well going into future years. And, and off you go because you're going to get something good for Sabonis, probably something pretty good for Turner, probably something pretty good for Levert. So it kind of comes down to what are the best offers you're getting here. And that's why rather than a full rebuild, which they kind of characterize it as, I would call it almost a soft reset because a full rebuild to me would be 
let's get rid of everybody we can and just and then go. And even then you're telling Malcolm Brogdon, hey, come June or July, you're you're on your way off too. And we're really gonna bottom this thing out and, and go. Mm-hmm. So that that that's just my my thoughts on this one with the Pacers. If they do, let's say they decide to do the nuclear option, do kind of what Orlando did last year, where they just decide midseason, okay, yep. we're really gonna do this. Yep. Even if you do that, right now the Pacers, they're sitting at ten and sixteen. I mean, there's teams that I, I just don't know if you can out tank some of these teams. I mean, right now you've got one, two, three, four, five, six teams ahead of them in terms of the the tank race. Like the Detroit Pistons have only won four games, the Magic five games, the Pelicans seven, seven for the Thunder, seven for the Rockets, eight for the Spurs. Maybe you get the Spurs to pass you, but even if you yeah. tear this thing down, are you really going to bank on any of those other teams to pass you up? So maybe it does make more sense to do like kind of a, a reset like you're talking about here, Keith, Sabonis, obviously the biggest trade chip in terms of if they just said who's going to get the most value, it's him. But if I'm the Pacers, he's probably also the guy that I'm most reluctant to deal. Like he's the guy that I probably want to be part of my team moving forward. So does that then lead us to a Miles Turner trade? My question for you becomes, what kind of value does he have around the NBA? Yeah, it's interesting. So I'll touch on the Sabonis part of it first is, yeah, I think he's the guy you would like to reset around because, as you said, he's young enough uh, to make a lot of sense. And, and, uh, you know, we're we're going from there. So that is is a thing. Now, if you get blown away with an offer, teams start offering young talent, multiple picks and those kind of things. Well, that probably becomes far more interesting than uh, consider a trade. Uh, Miles Turner is a very interesting guy. People I know in the NBA are very split on him. It's mm-hmm. either they love him or they are out entirely on Miles Turner. You get everything from this guy is ideal because he can fit with a whole bunch of teams because yeah. of his ability to block shots and space the floor on offense. He's kind of a ideal, um, you know, big man that can play next to. If you've got a, a you know post guy, he fits there. If not, you know, he fits in other ways. Then on the flip side of it, it is people are this guy is seven feet tall. He can't rebound at all. Uh, he does nothing except stand still shooting because he's not a good role man. He's got no form of post game, no form of face up off the dribble game. Mm-hmm. And his shot blocking is okay, but it doesn't show up in a uh, you know meaningful way against really good teams. So that's a very long way of saying I have no idea what to put his value at. My guess is you hopeful some team that likes him and needs him is willing to give you something really good for him. You know, young player in a pick, uh, you know, expiring salary, something like that. I mean, the the advantage that he's got is that he is able to shoot threes, right? I mean, that's the one thing. The one thing that really holds a big man's value down is the inability to either shoot threes or block shots at the rim. Finding guys who can do both, though, is really tough. And that's why he's got the contract that he's got, because he can do both of those things. So you'd have to imagine that there will be teams that are interested. The question is how much are they willing to pay? And then we get sure. into the logistics of salary matching. It's not like he's got a massive $30 million no, contract. Million. It's not that tough to get there, but yep. to get there and have pieces that the, the Pacers actually want, that's where it gets a little bit more dicey. But I do think that there's enough interesting pieces here on the Pacers that people are going to say, okay, let's, let's try to get in on this. So yeah. I guess from there, who do you who are some of the bidders? Like who would be a buyer? 
in this situation. Yeah, I know most like a... fans of 29 teams right now are raising their hand <laughs> and saying, oh, yeah, our team, I mean, we'd like to get this guy, right? Trade yeah. machine, all that. But, but sure. realistically. Yeah. So like, so if we, we want to talk Miles Turner first, sure. I think a team like could Washington get involved uh-huh. and say, Hey, we still kind of have a need at the five. Um, they're Daniel Gafford's pretty good, but Turner can come in. You'll be, be a part of that. Uh, they're clearly trying to make a playoff push. Charlotte, obviously for either Tor- Turner or Sabonis, um, they, they desperately need a five, uh, in the worst way there in Charlotte. Um, Cleveland, no. Lastly, <laughs> unless Cleveland's going to really lean into this and like put Tur- Turner or Sabonis at the two, um, yeah. Now I want that to be the, the <laughs> one that happens. Um, Atlanta, maybe New York. New York gets really kind of interesting uh, for either one of those guys. They don't have any kind of super, um, you know, locked in long term answer at the uh-huh. five because you know Mitchell Robinson. Eh, where are we going with that? Uh, Nerlens Noel, nice, but he's a he's a backup. Uh, if you wanted to go out west, it gets a little harder, I think, out west because a lot of the good teams they already have their fives kind of locked in. Yeah, everybody's kind of throwing the Warriors out there. The problem is, who are the Warriors sending back? Because the Pacers, if you're starting to rebuild, they don't want Andrew Wiggins. You yeah. know, they're they're not gonna uh you know there. Uh Clippers, maybe that could be really interesting for a guy like Turner. Um Dallas, always, you know, a team you're kind of looking at. Um mm-hmm. I you know think that they could be you know a, a team to watch. <laughs> Clearly, Tur- like Turner and, and Borzingis together. That's just all all of the arms. <laughs> yeah, in the all-time worst uh rebounding. tallest rebounding <laughs> or tallest worst rebounding team you've ever seen. Yes. Um oddly enough, Portland. Um I don't think that's where it goes, but maybe if you're trying to pacify Damian Lillard to make him happy, maybe that's direction you go. So that's where it starts to get get kind of fun to put this together. Obviously Milwaukee mm-hmm. uh, would love either one of those guys, but you're really, then you're going to have to punt on Brooke Lopez. And I don't think that's going to happen uh, just to match the salary. Karis Levert, that one gets even a little trickier because I think on a really good team, which that's the team that would look, be looking to acquire him. You need him to fill the bench scoring role. Right. Ideally. Um, you know, or someone who can really, even if he starts, he's still out there with your second unit where he can kind of cook. Um, Philly could maybe use a guy like him. They really could use a wing. Uh, what you could do is put him out there and then on the minutes where Embiid and Harris sits, let him kind of be your focal point of your offense. Um, could that be part of a Simmons package? I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe that, that one's, you know, kind of interesting Cleveland, it's kind of interesting there because they're without Colin Sexton. He becomes a uh, worse shooting but bigger version of Colin Sexton. Uh, their hole right now, clearly for the Cavs, is Isaac Okoro. He's just not quite ready uh, to be that guy at the two. So that that gets fun. And then in the West, there's a whole bunch of teams um, where we don't have to go through all of them that I think could use a guy like Karis Silver. What about Denver? If Denver was like, hey, we don't want to give up on this season. We still want to keep pushing. You know, could they get there, you know, get some some salaries together to match and go get a guy like like Karis Silver to, 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 to be another scoring hub for them? Um, that could be uh, something that you could see as well on that side. So, yeah, it, it, is, it does become, you know, uh, fun market to play out for for a guy like Levert. Well, and that's just it. It's this is almost like 
for you and I, like Christmas comes early here because <laughs> yeah. there's so many different pieces that the Pacers could move that it opens up all the possibilities. This isn't like Pacers are going to move Miles Turner. Okay, well then eliminate the 76ers. Eliminate, like, right, just go down the list and start eliminating teams. No, now you're like, well, okay, they might not like Miles Turner. Oh, but they, they could be a landing spot for Levert, or maybe they can yeah. get, uh, they've got enough assets to go after Sabonis or, or something like that, or maybe even Justin Hollett. There's so many different pieces here that yeah. you could just about incorporate any team in the NBA, you know, maybe aside from just the, the pure tanking teams right now, and say, oh, I could see this team as a landing spot, which, again, only opens up all the juicy possibilities. Yeah, and let's uh, take one more guy off the table. Uh, clearly, the reason they're shutting it all down and saying let's rebuild, TJ McConnell. There it uh, is. Looks like he might be out for the year per Woj. Oh, uh, surgery no. report, repair torn ligaments in his right hand. Uh, obviously, I'm saying that in jest and being snarky. Um, that is not why they're rebuilding. But he's off the table anyway because he's somebody they really like. Right. They feel like they've got him on a very good contract for one of the best backup point guards in the NBA. But clearly now, if he's going to miss the rest of the year, that's not somebody teams are going to jump at and say, all right, well, no. we'll just stash him for a year and go. Not to say if it became a much bigger trade that he couldn't be kind of thrown in as the additional salary matching in a deal. Maybe mm -hmm. that could happen, but yeah. So Indiana, uh, let's see what happens in a couple weeks. Cause I assume this team's going to look a lot different than it does right now. In my head, I'm right now trying to work out the math on Indiana, Philly, Portland trades to the three teams. There has to be some way to connect these three teams and make it and make it happen. Maybe. Um, yeah, I mean, you could get CJ McCollum to the Pacers. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of fun, you I guess. Figure out a way to make it work. There. Let's, let's see. So uh, speaking of uh, the trailblazers, the blazers. Yeah, man, we should just name this Trailblazers show or something. <laughs> just call ourselves the Trailblazers or something like that. But uh, yeah, Woj reporting. most. This is the tweet version. Most complicating factor in Portland's GM search. Damian Lillard's desire to be extended and become the NBA's highest paid player in his mid-30s. So on our show earlier, we talked about the fact that Lillard is extension eligible mm -hmm. uh, coming up here and he really would like to, to be paid. Um, I'll, you know, uh, get extended. So what he would like is a uh, extension that is roughly $51 million in his year 35 season and 55 million in his year 36 season. He's so, 31 right now, by the way, just to, yeah. just to throw that out there. Yep. <laughs> so those are a few years out um, there. So that becomes a whole like, uh, boy, cause that, if he stayed at the level he's at fine mm -hmm. uh the likelihood of that happening very small and he hasn't even been at that level this year like he hasn't Correct. been damian lillard this year yeah yeah absolutely so let's see where that goes um they did there's a whole lot of questions in the the article, if you can read it, it brings up a lot of the things that we've talked about before is how far you want to go to commit yeah. here. Uh, this is basically him saying like, hey, I won't get traded or I won't ask for a trade if you pay me a whole bunch of money. But let, let's go. So this is just going to be it's a mess in Portland. And yeah. the, the new GM has to come in. My guess has to sell Jody Allen, who who runs 
now, um, as far as the ownership side, has to come in with a, here's my plan. Here's what I want to do. Yes. And really sell that owner on. I want to trade him or I want to extend him. And if it's, I want to extend him, here's how I'm going to build a contender around him that as he gets into those 50 plus million dollar years uh, late in his career, He's able to, yeah, he'll be wildly overpaid because that's going to be the, the yep. case. But here's how we have a team that can compete to allow as these guys come up, he's coming down, and we, you know, they kind of ship's passing in the night. He becomes a complimentary player, um, and you're basically paying for past performance and franchise stability at that point. So uh, that's the plan you got to sell, or the plan needs to be, I'm going to trade him, and here's how we're going to move forward with the Trailblazers. Oh, yeah, I mean, the selling point to actually doing this extension is we take the greatest player in franchise history and we make sure that he stays a Blazer through the remainder of his career, right? That's that's that it could be you now maybe he plays longer than that, but that's you're at least getting pretty close to where Damian Lillard is a Blazer for the entirety of his of his career if you go ahead and do that extension. At the same time, though, that's a lot of money, yeah. and if if you decide because here's the thing that he's extension eligible this off season. So it's not like he has an out in his contract or anything like that. But if the Blazers decide, well, no, we're not going to pay him that. And then they just keep him into next season. That could get kind of rocky because it's very clear that he wants that extension. And if you don't give him that, how happy is Damian Lillard going to be next season? Then do we start to see like a public trade request? Then do things start to really go downhill? And I'm not saying that what that's what he's, and then he's can threatening. You? <laughs> because What's that? he's owed, can you trade him? Because he's owed 55 million a couple yeah, of years. Exactly. Now, be clear about this too. Because those numbers sound like bonkers, crazy, right? right? Everything is going to reset here in a couple years because the new TV deal is going to mm -hmm. come in. There is every indication that they are going to get a monster TV package because the one thing that has maintained its value in the TV sphere is live sports rights. So they're going to get some form of massive TV deal combination of deals whatever it may be right smooth the cap smooth the cap please <laughs> oh yeah Just we need to do it. that but even regardless <laughs> of smoothing the cap 50 million dollar deals for stars or that's going to be it. That's just going to yeah. be commonplace. You have to reset your brain to think that way because that's going to be how it works. I know right now it looks like some of these guys who make 40 plus million, that seems crazy. But then there's a handful of others where you're like, all right, sure. Makes sense to me. Steph Curry, mm -hmm. uh, LeBron James, you know, those guys look good. Russell Westbrook, John Wall, the, they, they don't look as good. But it's going to be a whole bunch of guys making 45, 50, 55, and eventually, I mean, Stephen Curry already, let me make sure I have the number right here, because um, he signed his deal. Yeah, his final year of his contract, the new extension he just signed in 25, 26, is $59.6 million. So, I mean, it, that's just going to be where it goes. It's yep. just going to be, you know, a slew of contracts between 40 and 50, 45, 55, even up to 60 million. I mean, that's just where, where, where it's headed. Uh, you know, and that's uh, the NBA model is you pay for top end talent mm -hmm. and you backfill the rest of the roster around that. Uh, that's, you know, until somebody finds a model of chase, replace and go, uh, you know, with, with the middle salary guys that works over and over and over again. It's that's that's the best way to win. I can see this playing out too, where now that this is out there, that Lillard wants this extension. If the Blazers say that's too much, we don't want to pay that. Does that then put us down a path to where 
the Blazers decide to move on from Damian Lillard. And I know yeah, that's kind of the absolutely. opposite of what we've been hearing, right? Yep. So far, it's been maybe they'll trade CJ, maybe they'll get involved in a CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons deal and all that kind of stuff. But now if Lillard is saying, look, fine, if we're going to have all this turmoil and everything, I need to get paid if I'm sticking around. Does that then put us down that path if the Blazers decide, you know what, I don't want to pay Damian Lillard that much at age 35. So that's the other thing here is that this could this could lead to Damian Lillard finishing his career in Portland. That's on the table. That could possibly happen. It could also be Damian Lillard heading out of town now and the Portland Trailblazers suddenly being open to trading him if they decide mm-hmm. they're not willing to do this. Yeah, it, it just creates an uncertainty mm-hmm. that didn't seem to be there before because if it is, I'm insistent that the minute I'm eligible, I want this extension. Uh, that gets a little harder, right? Then you're really kind of like, uh, boy, there's there's a lot of questions we have to ask, yeah. and you better come up with the right answers. Otherwise, if you're Portland, I get it. Portland has had one of the richest ownership groups uh, in the history of the league with Paul Allen and now uh, the the trust owning Jody the team. Allen. Yeah, yeah, with Jody Allen uh, running that. It is still at the end of the day a smaller market team. Uh, Now, they benefit from being kind of a one-sport city, right, as far as the big four major sports go. Um, So that does help them. But, yeah, it it is – that's that's tough because otherwise, I mean, you could put your team in ruin for for years, if that. Now, you could still get out of it by trading Lillard sometime in the next couple years because, as we've seen with Westbrook and Wall and even Chris Paul a couple years ago. Remember that Chris Paul contract a couple years ago? Mm-hmm. Didn't look so hot. And now all of a sudden it looks, you know, well, now it looks pretty good because he's on a new one. But that last one looked pretty good. So, yeah, it's uh, you just got to be careful here if you're Portland. But play both Portland and Indiana. We've been saying it for a little bit now. Really started amping up on it over the last mm-hmm. week or so. You're past your expiration date. It's time to do something different. And it looks like both franchises may be heading in that direction. Keith, I will push back a little bit here on Portland being a one-sport city. The Timbers are hosting the MLS Cup. Portland I said of you, the big you said of the big four. You you did phrase that correctly. But I did I just, you know, I wanted a, an opportunity to shoehorn in the MLS a little bit if I if I could. Sure. No, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, they're one of the best, right? They're continually one of the best. Uh, yep. MLS teams for sure. Oh, yeah. All I know here is our, our local team, the Orlando Pride. If you recognize the name, they, they traded them away. Our uh, our, our uh, women's soccer team here traded Alex Morgan, Ashlyn Harrison, Allison Krieger all oh. uh, in the last few days. Yeah, all mainstays Make- of the U.S. women's team all, all headed out of Orlando. So that's a, a little worrisome. But that's a whole other podcast. That we'll, we'll launch, <laughs> that's uh, a different show. Uh, soccer talk with uh, Keith and Trevor later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, the NBA, the gift that keeps on giving, drama never far away. Now we've got the Indiana Pacers looking to make moves, and you've got Damian Lillard wanting a big expensive extension that could very much change the dynamic there. We'll see where this all goes, but everybody watching, make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well, and if you're listening to the podcast version, make sure you follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you're listening to podcasts. Till next time, everybody, stay safe and see you.